Hey everyone, my name is Nathan Forster, and I'm asking the big questions of authors and activists, scholars and survivors, poets and priests, therapists and theologians, and basically everyone in between. This will be a resource for people who, deep in their bones, think that surely God's kingdom is deeper and wider than the box we've sometimes put it in. And so what better way to discover this than by learning people's stories and their specialities, in order that we deepen and widen our perspective on faith, community, society and life. So journey with me as we go deeper and wider. Welcome back. This is part two of a conversation I had with Jared McKenna as we spoke about the ways of non-violence. If you haven't heard part one yet, then stop, go back, and have a listen to that episode before launching into this one. And if you have heard part one, well then here's a little biography reminder of our guest today, Jared McKenna. Pastor and author Brian Zahn says this of Jared McKenna, that, and I quote, He has the keen mind of a theologian, the warm heart of a pastor, and the dauntless courage of an activist. And as a skilled communicator, all three of these attributes are evident as he seeks to form people in Christ-like peacemaking. I have the highest respect for Jared McKenna and his work. That's what Brian Zahn says of our guests today. Jared's nonviolent activism has twice been awarded the Quakers Donald Groom Peace Fellowship. He is the founding CEO of Common Grace, which is a movement of over 45,000 Christians in Australia working for beauty, generosity and justice in the public square. He is also the co-initiator of Love Makes a Way for Refugees, which has become the largest faith-based civil disobedience movement in Australia's history. He is the former National Advisor for Faith and Activism for World Vision Australia and for over 15 years has shared his home with refugees, people returning from prison and those doing it tough in the context of two neo-monastic communities including First Home Project, which assists refugees and asylum seekers to find housing and employment. So that's a little bit of a biography reminder of my friend Jared McKenna. Anyway, let's not waste any time. Let's return to our conversation that we have under the stars in darkness where we allow the bush, the moon and the stars to minister to us as we talk about the way of love, the way of the cross, the way of nonviolence. So, we're going to enter in halfway during the question I asked, which is, what does nonviolence look like on the ground practically? on it yeah. um there's a famous story about desmond tutu that i love where yeah, he's yeah. on a construction site and mm. uh, there's a, a section where they've got wooden planks to walk across one area to another mm. and um uh this large white man says um i don't get out of the way for gorillas to desmond tutu um talking about he's not going to let him cross through and Desmond Tutu's response um, is to smile, uh, to take off his hard hat, his helmet, mm. and to gesture uh, with his arm and say, ah, but I do. Mm. 
and gesture for the other man to go across. Wow. So that kind of use of humor, right? Like yes, to, yes. to, you called me a gorilla. Uh, I'm going to throw it back at you. Everybody's laughing, but it's also after you mm. and it changes the power balance. Wow. What yes. people are actually looking to do in mm. a situation mm. of using violence mm. is change the power dynamics. Yes. Um, yes. What's unfortunate is that um, in choosing violence, mm. people are more trained and more triggered mm. in violent situations than any other situations in life. Mm. This is why conversations about nonviolence are often so provocative for people mm. because it, it touches on things that aren't abstract at yes, all. Yes. We've yeah, all been totally. in situations like some of us today mm. where um, we, ha we all have these secret histories of violence yes, yes. Um, uh, as recipients, as perpetrators, as being involved in systems. Yes. And um, the question is, can we imagine a way mm. out of this? Mm. And this is the narrow path that leads yeah. out into life. Mm. Um, broad is a road that we all know. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it leads to destruction. Yes. So what is this way, this way of Jesus, that um, changes the power dynamics mm. without actually seeking to diminish power from another? Mm. Um, uh, or to put it another way, to, mm. to, to steal the oxygen out of the potential for violent situations. Yes, wow. Um, so that you're able to breathe something else. Yeah. It unleashes new form of creativity yeah. as well. But literally, like, um, think of another example of Jesus' interaction with anyone in the Gospels. Yeah. Jesus, so many. I actually wanted you to maybe perhaps even touch on less an interaction, more about that verse um, where Jesus talks about turning the other cheek or walking the extra mile. Yeah, sure. So um, let's go... Instead of Luke 6, let's go Matthew 5 because mm -hmm. it's probably the most yep. famous. And we're sitting in the dark as the moon rises <laughs> over oh, wow. the horizon. That is, Isn't that amazing? Oh, my goodness. That yeah. is incredible. Um, wow. So from memory, we're in Matthew 5, yeah. 38. Yeah. And you've heard it said, an eye for an eye mm. and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not. And the, the word there can be translated and N.T. Wright does in his new kingdom, mm -hmm. uh, in his kingdom translation yep um yep. uh you've heard it said an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth but i tell you do not violently resist somebody doing evil mm. and the fact that since the king james bible mm. we've been translating that do not resist mm. where the term um, passive resistance has come from yeah uh is incredibly unhelpful oh, because yeah. and it weaponizes those texts like in a different direction oh totally if, well, if, if you don't mind me interrupting no really quickly the first thought that comes to mind is something like um, domestic family violence. Totally. And that's actually the example that anybody who's been in my workshops, we use directly that mm. um, uh, imagine yourself in a situation where the person that you loved and committed your life to mm. um, and whatever the circumstances are, if they've lost their job, if they've started drinking, mm. they're no longer being the person um, uh, that you did mm. commit your yeah. life to but you suddenly feel unsafe mm. in your own home that you're mm. threatened mm. Uh, and whether that's emotional or financial or physical mm. forms of um, coercion mm. um, and so you go looking for hope and you um, show up at a church mm. and you hear Matthew five thirty eight read mm. you've heard it said an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth but I tell you do not resist someone doing evil mm. suddenly 
holiness is offered to you as being a doormat, mm. is being compliant yeah. and complicit yeah. in your own, not just bullying, but mm. brutality. This is yeah. a situation which, you know, th- these are the most life-threatening situations mm. in Australia. Mm. I mean, more than bushfires, yeah. more than terrorism. Yes. More than you're more likely as a woman to die at the hands of somebody who has said the words "I love you" mm, than you are of anybody else in society. Mm. So this isn't abstract. Yes, exactly. This is very real. Yes, yes. And the the word um, in the Greek, uh, so in the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation mm. of the Old Testament, the word is used seventy seven times. Forty four of those times talks about the violent clash between two opposing Mm. military sides. Mm. So there's more than enough reason, not Mm. just the context, to interpret it that way. Which again, the question becomes, as you so rightly point out, Mm. well, why wouldn't they translate it that way? Mm. But if if you're trying to um, keep a people Mm. subservient to a ruler... Yeah. Um, <laughs> it makes sense that the king's men translated the King James Bible yes, in such yes. a way that um, <laughs> do yes. not resist and left it at that. Wow. But actually how it reads in the Greek is do not violently resist. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, verse 39, if somebody strikes you on the right cheek, mm. turn to them the other also. Mm. Uh, if somebody asks for your undergarment, mm. verse 40, um, give them... Your outer, uh, ask for your outer garment, give me undergarment mm. as well. Mm. Um, verse 41, if somebody asks you go one mile, uh, go with them too. Um, 42, um, give to the one who asks of you. Mm. Mm. Um, so in this passage, like for, for those who are, are still listening in a long conversation that started <laughs> with stars, mm, yes. um, the obvious thing is, well, how did Jesus live mm. this? Mm. Because Jesus clearly lives his own commandments. Yes. Like, so Jesus is the way we interpret Jesus' teachings. Yes. So whatever Jesus is saying here, it doesn't contradict what we find Mm. Jesus doing in the temple. Yes. It doesn't, or I mean, like in Jesus is struck Mm. in John's gospel Mm. by the Sanhedrin. Yes, Uh, but the the response to you know the mm. the most um, powerful religious um, figures and then before Pilate um, mm. uh, is not passivity. It's it's one of confrontation. Yes. It's one of truth telling. Yeah. However, we interpret this passage, which is a you know the, these passages are the most quoted passages mm. in the early church's mm. writings. Mm. So in the wow. um, early church, this is what's on the lips of the Christians. Yes. Yes. And their interpretation of it was martyrdom, literally. Wow. That um, w- we will die while loving our enemies mm. in witness to these teachings. Wow. And that's how they wow. interpret it. Mm. Um, Jesus does the same. Mm. Like mm. The, the cross interprets these texts. So the cross never veils evil. It exposes mm. it. Mm. So how we understand these teachings, it, it must both expose injustice, sin, oppression, mm. evil, mm. while also revealing mm. love. Yes, yes. So um, she's no longer with us, but Barbara Deeming talked about the two hands of nonviolence. Wow. And one hand mm. is up in the position of stop. Mm. Stop, you can't do this. I refuse to go along with this. You can't do this to me. You can't do this to yourself. Mm. 
And the other hand of nonviolence is reaching out to the person and says, but I'm calling you into something else. Wow. And we have a culture that's that's doing... incredible imagery. My goodness. um, Very good at calling people out, very poor at calling people in. Mm -hmm. But it's the dance of those two hands. Yes. And there's times where one hand clearly needs to be out and the other's still there, but one's like... um, like anybody listening to this, if you're in a situation of domestic violence, um, it is not loving to yourself or the person who is perpetrating this to act like it will change without serious intervention. Yes. It is a it yes. is a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, people must be involved and there must be a serious intervention where yes. your safety and children's safety is assured. Yes. You can't mess around with that stuff. Yes. And yes. we of all people should be the yes. most clear about yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and as somebody who's for over a decade mm. um, run workshops on alternatives to violence in prisons, yes. um, knowing people and working with people who have killed mm. people that they were literally married to, mm. um, the role that um, shame and people being locked into these ways mm. of mm. Um, being... Mm. And what it is to for something else to be spoken over them, and that things can change. Mm, mm. Both things are able to be done at the same time. Yes. And um, uh, without both, we end up with an understanding of justice that, like many people in the US, mm. you end up advocating for the death penalty. Mm. Um, how we treat our prisoners is usually the best indication of how we understand transformation. Wow. Yes. Yes. And goodness. if we don't have an understanding of restorative justice, mm, um, mm. If, if we don't have an understanding of what it is, and, you know, there are cases where um, people should be locked up for life mm, um, mm. for their good and society's good. Yes. But that locking up should never diminish yes, their humanity. Exactly, exactly. Otherwise, it will actually diminish us as a society. Yes, exactly. And um, in so many different areas, the the conversation about prisons should shape the way that mm. we talk about mm. other social issues. Yes, absolutely. So to go back to the text, um, mm. the obvious question is Jesus is struck and he looks, you know, the most powerful people in um, the world uh, mm-hmm. in the eye and says, why do you strike me? Yes, yes. Um, so in, in terms of um, what it is to turn the other cheek um, and anybody who... Uh, in fact, the the meeting house example is mm-hmm. um, one that's often watched online where yeah, okay. I, yep. I teach through this. And people go, oh, this is Walter Wink's stuff um, or this is Glenn Stason's stuff. Well, actually, Jim Lawson, um, hmm. <laughs> we're having lunch together one time after running a workshop and hmm. uh, I said to him, yeah, uh, Walter Wink has had a big imp- impact on me as well. In fact, he got me published for the first time um, hmm. when I was 21 years old. And he looked at me over his glasses, Nathan, and he mm. said, I've been teaching this a lot longer than <laughs> Wink Scholarship. Wow. And I was like, um, um. And he, he, he graciously <laughs> um, moved on yes. <laughs> in, in conversation. Um, but that's really important to say as yes. well yes. that this isn't white North American scholars who came mm. up with this stuff. Yes. Um, th- this is something, and this is part of Jim's Cohn's mm-hmm. pushback against... Um, um, uh, non-violence generally yes. and um, I mean James Cohn is uh, another person who mm. I had the incredible honour of being 
mm. invited to lunch mm. with. And wow. um, Cohn um, said to me, like, I don't have a problem with nonviolence. I've participated in many nonviolent actions. I have a problem with nonviolence that is more concerned about nonviolence than it is <laughs> about real struggling people. Wow. And it goes back to the, the game, the, what you said before about the, the moral games that we play. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Games. Wow. yeah. Um, if we're not prepared to suffer with those suffering, mm. Mm. I, I think, you know, the, the average revolutionary Marxist on a oh. university campus <laughs> who's prepared to do something radical to change things might have more moral courage than us who are interested in like um are my hands clean and mm. am i sanctified wow like, yes oh my goodness so in in um the videos uh, turning yeah. the other cheek mm. um it's explicitly says if somebody strikes you on your right cheek mm. you you can't um strike somebody on your right cheek with your right hand, mm. and you can't use your left hand. The Qumran mm. um, communities—you'd be kicked up, uh, kicked out of community for up to eight days. Mm. And mm. Uh, these are the same communities that Sea Scrolls were yeah. um, uh, produced by. And uh, so these Jewish communities, so you can't use your left hand. And so suddenly, with that kind of information, you realise that oh, this is a backhand. This isn't about a fist fight between two equals. Yes. This is about a systematic way in that society where you'd say, you're less than me. Wow. Remember the pyramid. Remember how the world works. Mm. Remember that you're less than me. And it might be because I'm a Roman and you're a Jewish Palestinian. Mm. It might be because you're um, a woman and I'm a man in a patriarchal mm. um, situation. It might be that you're a child in a society where um, children were often very vulnerable mm. um, and these ways of telling people that mm. they were less than were completely acceptable mm. and Jesus does not suggest but actually commands Nathan that mm. if somebody slaps you on the right cheek saying that you're less turn the other cheek now to physically turn the other cheek mm. means that they can't hit you as a lesser wow. if they're going to strike you they must strike you huh. as wow. an equal as an equal wow so this isn't about passivity. This yes. is about um, a provocative challenge mm. of the principalities and powers mm. that diminish the humanity mm. of anyone. Yes. Wow. While at the same time refusing to mirror mm. the evil and the injustice mm. of those that you're up against. Yes. And this is a kind of, and you can go through um, the example, like if somebody uh, drags you into court. A situation poor people would be dragged into mm. court all the time. Um, uh, and this is like when we were strip searched and the Crime and Corruption Commission uh, did an investigation into the abuse of police powers mm. by, um, you know, that priests and um, nuns and pastors were strip searched mm. um, as a form of uh, intimidation to, mm. to stop the movement. Mm. And our response to that was to after our court case where um, uh, all charges against us were, were thrown out mm. um, for our nonviolent occupation of mm. a politician's office for the freedom of children in detention, mm. we came out in front of a rugby scrum full of, um, you know, every news station you yeah, can imagine. Yeah, all the reporters and everything. And um, we talked about how this movement had been based on turning the other cheek, not wow. as a form of passivity, mm. but a form of... Nonviolent power. Wow, wow. And 
that now it's time to take it to the next verse, which mm. says, if somebody asks the outer garment, give them the undergarment as well. Yes. And on the steps of court in front of every single news station you can imagine, uh, I remember we this. started yes. to undress. That's right. And we, we stripped down to wow. what looked like our underwear, mm. which technically wasn't our underwear because we didn't want to be done for indecent exposure. <laughs> so we bought <laughs> football <wisdom>. shorts <laughs> that looked like boxer shorts. We, yeah. So, um, wow. so we couldn't get yes. pinged for, for any of that. Yeah. And then we walked um, seemingly, uh, you know, half-dressed in our undergarments yes. back to the politician's office where we'd been strip searched wow. um, and um, uh, single file with uh, people um, dressed, um, you know, in, in their underwear with these signs on us that read mm. um, uh, refugees are people in the wow. same font wow. of 1968 in Memphis um, wow. where um, Martin Luther King um, would be assassinated yes. and um, famously it said, I am a man. Wow. Our in the same font, we wore these, um, mm. and uh, with refugees, um, wow. Wow. we walked back in single file, um, uh, 60, 70 of us, um, wow. through the city, wow. and people would initially make fun and just fall silent. See, th- these are powerful ways yes. that even though we took our clothes off, yes. much like in a situation where you'd be dragged into court, mm. what it is to give you undergarment mm. in that situation would be to stand naked. Yes. You'd have nothing else. Yeah. But instead of, like, in taking your kit off, what you've actually done is expose the system. Wow. You've, you've dacked the powers that be. <laughs> you show that... Um, yes. And particularly in a Jewish society where to care for um, the vulnerable and the naked was like a, a command of God. Mm, um, mm. The, the sense that burning coals that it would put mm. on people's head that the world must move in a direction mm. of the humanizing power of the yes. Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. Um, and we are willing to put our bodies yes. on the line. Yes. Um, like I quoted Philip Berrigan earlier. Uh, another quote from him is, um, uh, hope is where your ass is. <laughs> like, where are you? Mm. Like, n- not ideologically, not like in terms of some abstract theology, but mm. actually, where are you on yes, an issue? Like, yes. wh- who are you standing with? Who are yes. you listening to? Who are you giving space for? Um, who are you encouraging? Who are you uplifting? Who, who are you supporting? Yes, yes. Um, that actually shows yes. what we believe. Yes. Wow, like, it does. How, it's a, it's a how we live shows what we yes. believe. Like, um, to, to say we believe in the resurrection... Mm. Um, Okay, show me that power at yes, work yes. for the poor, wow. for the captive, for for those who are systematically ex- excluded. Show me that power. Yes. And when the church does, even on a really small level, mm. um, the impact it, it has is phenomenal. Like the number of... <laughs> I had a marketing um, executive um, take uh, me out for a drink um, and said, oh, this is the most brilliant thing this love makes away thing uh um you know it's a, a spot of genius it's the best pr the church could ever have and i was like y- you know this isn't about pr this mm. is actually about and he's like oh yeah but that's that's why it's so brilliant like for the church to actually be concerned about children instead of about their own reputation it's done more for the church in australia than anything else has in recent years like this you know you, you couldn't spend millions on a campaign that is better than this hmm. Hmm. Because Christians putting their bodies on the line yes. 
for those who are considered least of these, yeah. speaks more prophetically and powerfully mm. than any of our sermons. Yes. Nath, like, it's, mm. it's not the things I say in the pulpit mm. that gets me into trouble. Yes. It's the things we do in public. Yeah. Like, wow. um, uh, because people are fine for you to preach, quote-unquote, non-violence, as long as you don't put any of it into mm. action. <laughs> But particularly if there's a sense of, wait, 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 are you going to get all my pastoral staff, like, arrested as well? How's that going to affect the tithes? Mm. And it does, man. Yeah, like it, yeah, wow. It does. Wow. But you, you can you can go through all those verses and see that what it's actually about is the way of the cross. Mm. And what the cross does is the cross is God mm. turning God's cheek. Yes. Not collaborating with it, mm. but actually mm. exposing the yes. injustice, the evil, the sin, the yes. death, the oppression, the yes. violence, yes. while revealing mm. who God is. Yes. And that's everything we're called to. Wow. And it's, it's good news for mm. those with no good news. Yes. Uh, I got a mate, Adi Leeson, who was uh, part of the um, plowshare action in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and um, they, they broke into a military base and um, disarmed it uh, mm. um, and, and were able to hold up in court that it was for the common good and they were able to save lives. Mm. Um, and Addie likes to say, you know what the good news is? It's the end of the bad news. Mm. The gospel is the end of the bad news. Mm. Mm. The, the cross mm. is how the bad news starts to end. Yes. And, you know, we're, we're at you two together the yes. other night yes. and Bono honoured Rev Garlett who wow. we've just lost and he sung the battle has just begun to claim the victory Jesus won mm. yes wow. that, that's what our lives are yes and, and hopefully at the end of our lives mm. people will be able to say in their life I saw something of what I felt when in the silence I look at the stars. Mm. So we've talked about addressing what some people would perhaps say as a, as a, as a pushback, and that is, that of course, when we're talking about living in the ways of non-violence, we're not talking about passivity. That said, what are some other common pushbacks you've heard about this way of living, moving, having that being? Yeah, and, and maybe just to... Um, I, I very rarely talk about nonviolence, and people are like, "Oh, you want a peace award? Like you're the nonviolence guy." Uh, I just don't. Like what we're talking about is the way of the cross. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like exactly. Um, this is an, that's an important optional to name extra. That. Yes. Um, so I mean, some of the pushback is uh, like I'll talk about my own family history. Mm. Like mm. Um, my own family has, um, and you know, my dad only migrated in 1972 mm. um, um, during the troubles to Australia. Mm. And deep connections with um, the IRA and the IRB. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, are you saying that the freedom we fought for was wrong? Are, are you saying that my family are bad people? Are you saying that... Um, so that that's often a... Um, uh, and that's a big one. Like Oh, sure. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm aware of even in my own context, people I know who are war veterans. Yep. And um, who speak of 
confronting some most horrendous things. Yeah. Like things that they've seen, particular warlords doing particular parts of the world and going, how else were we meant to stop this when yeah. we came into the villages? Yeah. Yeah, and what's fascinating is mm. people never take a step back to go, what were the things mm. that led to... <laughs> yes, yes, like, of course. Um, People love the what-ifs, but mm. as long as the what-if is... And, you know, it's usually like, so somebody's about to, like... Break do into your home. Something horrific to your grandmother. Yes. <laughs> um, what do you do? And it's like, uh, can we wind back a little bit? Can we, <laughs> can we ask about, like... Because mm. um, what-ifs can work both ways. Like, yes. what if uh, the Western world hadn't been so beautiful? Punitive towards mm. Germany that they would choose mm. democratically mm. such a fascist like Hitler. Yes. yes. Um, what if you know, like the the yeah, what totally. ifs work? It's a much more meta what if. Yeah. Ask. Yes. Yeah. What's fascinating, Nath, is that one of the biggest supporters of my peace activism, mm. um, biggest sole contributor to mm. me um, uh, going to take part in my first um, nonviolent direct action was my mm. uncle PJ Patrick Joseph. Mm. And um, he was a he served two tours of Vietnam wow. um, mm. because Australia wouldn't give him his citizenship with without him going. So he had oh geez, no option. way to hold yeah, totally of, right. Hold people to ransom far yeah. out. Um, and PJ used to say that uh, it was the peace movement that would actually listen to. He's like everybody else would just like parade us through the streets once a year. It was a peace movement that would actually listen to our pain. Mm, wow. Um, I I think those who, from a Christian perspective, hold mm. to just war theory, mm. and those ho- who hold, from a Christian perspective, to the way of the cross, nonviolence, mm. have much more in common. Mm. Um, wow. Because Walter Wink calls just war theory violence re- reduction criteria. Yeah, right. Um, Glenn Stason talks about um, uh, just peacemaking theory mm, okay. as a way of bringing together that we've got to own that we're coming from mm. different sides of the Christ- Christian tradition, whether what some describe as the more prophetic side of like Christian nonviolence mm. um, or um, the, the more mainstream mm. perspective of just war theory. Mm. Just war theory, if we were to apply it, wouldn't have us in Vietnam, mm. wouldn't have us invade Iraq, yes. wouldn't have us in Afghanistan. It's an unwinnable war. Just ask the Russians. Just ask anybody else's. Yes. Like, um, and so the just war criteria that Augustine wrote the framework f- for using Stoic philosophy, because how do you run an empire and... Um, be faithful to Christ. Hmm. And I, I actually, you know, I might say that sentence in my early 20s in a mocking way. Hmm. Um, I don't doubt for a moment that hmm. that North African bishop had in mind hmm. how to sincerely, when so many people were going, the reason hmm. why the empire is falling apart is because hmm. this Christian superstition that is like destroying us with its talk of mercy and hospitals for everyone and um, the, the end of gladiatorial fights and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, he's he's desperately trying to provide an apologetic, um, uh, and you know he personally did so much to um, 
release people from slavery. Mm. And like, yeah, wow. So yeah, um, yeah we got to be careful about yeah, totally. Our mockery, like, yeah, these yeah. are real people. And, yeah, like, yeah. And people that and Augustine both... was a genius. Like, yes, yes. At, I've I've got a new book by Rowan Williams um, that I'm yet to dive into mm. on. Augustine. He's just wrong about a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He's wrong know, about a lot of other yeah, things, but I'm wrong about a bunch of stuff yeah, and I'm yeah. not a genius. Yes, so yes, like <laughs> um But I think I think what you said has perhaps more an appropriate tone as well to this particular part of our discussion because we both know people very close to us who like people who we love, respect we love, and respect. don't doubt their faith for a moment. Yes. Yep. And it's it's um and that's not to water down the way of the cross. It's just to not at all. Put well, things like in, in if, the, in if the we say fighting is wrong, let's do some preacher lines. Like yeah. if, if we say fighting is wrong, uh, we spit in the face of those who have um, fought against fascism. And I, I use fascism as a mm. um, quite explicit yeah. l- light to say there are really really important reasons mm. um, and things to fight against. Yeah. And if we say fighting is wrong, we spit in their faces. Yeah. But if we say the way to fight is with violence, we like those gathered round the cross gambling for the clothes of our wow. Lord, we spit in the face of Jesus. Wow. Yeah. And we need the courage of those who are prepared to take up arms. Mm. Um, and this, like with my involvement with the Christian Peacemaker teams who... Mm. I was part of starting the conversation um, and establishing Christian peacemaker teams in mm. uh, Australasia. Mm. Um, when I've been with them in like Hebron, um, uh, they are risking their lives like soldiers mm. Mm. for the way of Jesus. And yes. their, wow. their motto for the longest time was getting in the way of Jesus and getting in the way in both sense of like getting in the way of injustice mm. like mm. stopping injustice yep. and also getting in the way of Jesus as in walking in the way of Jesus has yeah. got that double yes. sense to it um, yes. and that's the kind of creativity mm. we need we need peace warriors mm. like we yes. need people who are radically committed to ending injustice yes. and I've just come back from walking the, the mm. border of Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Mm. Um, and uh, it is so easy as a middle-class person whose family, because of discrimination, migrated to the other side of the world to then go back and judge my ancestors. Mm. Um, but what is it for me to stand with the same determination mm. to see freedom and an end of injustice? Yes, yes while at the same time realising that mm. injustice won't end but be perpetuated yes. unless it's ended through yes. this way of the cross. Yes, well, well. And in my own experience, to, to not negate people that I know in my life to, to war hungers, because actually the people I know in my life, they hate war. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, any, despite, anybody who's... despite being evolved, they there's something about their yeah. being being infected by PTSD or what they've oh, gone totally. through that actually speaks to the reality that hey, maybe this isn't a, how things ought to be done. Nath, any of my mates who have served mm. or family, like if you've seen war, you hate it. Yes, yes. 
and it's it's that whole thing that it wasn't until the diggers mm. died out mm. that Australian politicians were able to take the Anzac legacy and use it as a drum to beat for war. Mm. Because if you listen to the diggers mm. and the, the horror mm. of what they experienced, mm. um, like, war is hell. Yeah. Like Yes, literally, yes. War... Um, and that's the... I mean, even the wisdom of um, uh, in the 5th century, um, the church in the West started to um, discipline soldiers where they couldn't take part in the Eucharist and Communion for a year upon returning. And it was a way of acknowledging that um, war is sinful and, um, and that to be a part of the community and to sit with it. And Hawass writes about it in terms of actually how healing it was for people to be embraced in community mm. and yet for the whole community to actually hold the reality that this isn't what we're called to. Mm. And then to celebrate after a time period somebody being accepted back into community mm. and everything being forgotten. Wow. Um, but the, the time mm. holding mm. is actually as important, that yeah. there's actually an acknowledgement of not just what people have experienced, but what people have done. Mm. Now, that's the just war theory mm. done well, yeah. pastorally. Yeah. Just war theory never means it's just a war mm. or war is just. Mm. It's, a, it's a strict criteria mm. that means only under these situations mm. can Christians fight yes. in war. Wow. Um, yeah. And we miss that a whole heap. Yeah. And I've heard this in other podcasts that I've listened to on this topic where they will have somebody who who is who explicitly is in the way of nonviolence. Just just to use the language just yeah. for a for a moment. Um, and then there will be someone who has who's a just war theorist, but both come from, from Christian perspectives on it. What I find good when the host has done it as well is that they actually try to find common space in the middle and that's not to yeah. to negate everything we've just spoken about but it is to put a perspective like yeah. there, there no were, one wants war like no one especially people who've gone to war as well yeah. no one well I know if that's too strong to say no one wants it but I hope you, I hope you get what I mean yeah, by that yeah totally in 2007-2008 there was um, Australian military white papers that mm. came out that said the biggest threat that uh, Australia is facing is actually climate change. Yeah. And so um, the peace movement here, we met with um, military leaders mm. and we held a public forum to mm. talk about what mm. we share in common yeah. and how the peace movement um, and the military can work together to actually combat wow. the biggest threat, yes. which, um, uh, you know, so th this is a decade ago. Yes. And yes. one of the actions that um, we ended up doing is we planted on several occasions, vine and fig trees wow. um, uh, at military bases, including Swanbourne Military mm. Base mm. here in Perth. And um, those actions and uh, what it was to actually take a shovel mm. um, and, and to sing and to plant um, and to, you know, enact a different mm. story, mm. which was not merely... Um, uh, protest but it was actually like a living sign of like people would go down and water mm. um the vines and, and the fig trees and 
what is it to engage those? There, there are surprising connections mm. um, beyond the way the things of the culture wars want to shape things. Yeah. And yes. if we can actually, like, the, to, to use peace as a way to create an us and them mm. is actually just to create another ideology yes. that knows nothing of the silence of the stars. Wow. Yes. Yes. Any other pushbacks that you've had? I mean, there's probably a multitude. Oh, yeah, I mean... I mean, theologically, there's... I mean, not that we have to do a giant rabbit hole, but, I mean, of course, people often say, oh, but what about... Yeah, well, I mean... Quote-unquote God of the Old Testament. I know that's a complicated one, and there's problems with that language. Yeah. But, yeah, I imagine you've heard that one as well, like, oh, but what about... Sure, yeah, um... Uh... I, I, I always that. find so, it this is surprising. a large theological yeah, yeah. topic. I, I always find that, it but... surprising because, like, yes. um, none of my Jewish friends, whether <laughs> progressive <laughs> yes. or orthodox, mm-hmm. are ever going to use those texts to support war. Yeah. Ever. Yes. yes. Um, because uh, you, you have to read these texts through rabbinical commentary. Yes. And even in terms of like the um, just how Jews read the Old Testament, like um, like the whole thing about. Um, uh, Moses wrote the Pentateuch, the first five books of Torah. Um, uh, w- what it is actually about is that Moses is the interpretive key, mm. his life, <laughs> to the books. Yeah, right. So okay. um, th- that's a Jewish way of, yes. uh, ancient Jewish way of approaching hermeneutics, interpretation, mm. is that um, Moses, and that's why at the Transfiguration, mm. Mount Tabor, you see Moses and Elijah. Yeah, like right. um, he, here's the law and the prophets, yes, like yeah. represented, embodied mm. in mm. these these two parts of mm. um, the Jewish tradition. Mm. Mm. Jesus is our Moses. Yes. The only reason we have access mm. to these Jewish sacred texts, mm. both Old Testament and New, mm. is clearly because of Jesus. Yes. For for us to think that we've got a library card. When the librarian yes. is Jesus and think that well, like, we can walk around and just do what we want, the only reason we've got access yes. is because... It, so, in any text we're walking through, mm. Jesus walks with it, us and reinterprets it for yes. us. Yeah. And if if that's like, well, uh, are you saying there's clear contradiction? Of course there is. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is the Emmaus Road story, yes, right? exactly. Like, um, how does... All the law and the prophets mm, point mm. to a crucified God. Mm, mm-hmm, yes. Um, Jesus walks with us and explains that. Yes. Like, but um, we we have little faith. Um, we who uh, are hard of heart um, and so slow to believe mm. um, find it so difficult to actually accept that the Old Testament is only ours mm. because of Jesus. Mm. And so we have no business interpreting it without him. Mm. Yes. And Jesus is the Old Testament given back to us, fulfilling all hopes in the most surprising of ways. Yes. yes. So to think that the kingdom would come by a cross mm. is a punchline no one mm. wants to laugh at. Mm. But mm. it's the joke of the gospel. Yes. And um, so for people to go, well, I'm going to use some Old Testament text to kind of cancel out Jesus. I mean, go be Jewish. Like, you you can't Mm. do that. Like, Mm. that's not how Christianity works. Like, to be in Christ Mm. 
that's why yeah, the book totally. is ours. Like, uh, absolutely. Um, yes. yes. Uh, we get access, access to it yes. through this tradition. Yes. Yes. Jesus becomes the Word of God, capital W, to then which we read the words of God throughout. Yeah. All, all of Scripture. All of Scripture. Yeah. Um, and they perfectly point to it. Yes. Yes, they do. Yeah. Any other pushbacks that you've had? I mean, there's probably so many. I'm, I'm, I'm mindful not to cover absolutely yeah, I mean, every single one. But. Usually, um, you know, that it's naive. Um, uh, that, yeah, I mean, people... Uh, there's always that funny thing. <laughs> it's like on Facebook, um, people will be like, well, if you care so much about refugees... Why don't you invite them into your home? And I was like, <laughs> like uh, yes, that's how <laughs> yes. I lived the last sixteen <laughs> yes. plus years yes. of my life yes. over a hundred people who are refugees. Yes. Like, next question. Yes, like, um, and on this kind of topic as well, it's like mm, people mm. are like, well, what do you ever do about? And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, like because yeah. yeah. it's embodied. You know, yeah, it's not yeah, just, yeah. It's not just abstract. Yeah, and and the best answers yeah, sorry, to any questions yes. are ultimately what we live now. Yes, yes, yeah. Because what is faith but embodied faith? Yeah, faith is literally not abstract. Well, at least it shouldn't be abstract. Yeah, we've touched slightly on this, and I'll kind of dovetail it into the question about common pushbacks. Um, you mentioned before. When people say, well, what do we do about Hitler? But then, of course, the wider conversation of like, what led to that in the first place. But the... the Sorry, you go. You go. Th- there are great responses to what we do. Totally. To and, that, yeah. and, that's, and that's where my next question is going. And I think one specific example that a friend actually raised with me. And I was like, that's interesting. I, maybe I'll put it as an example. Like the Rwandan genocide, for sure. example. Because yep. often people have said... You know, the, the United Nations should have acted. Something should have happened. But yep. But yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, in terms of '94 and the Rwandan genocide, one of my mentors, Dr. Lee Camp, um, mm. actually starts his book *Mere Discipleship*, discussing it, mm. talking about the um, the, there are many questions when it comes to how to respond and all the rest. Yeah. But um, if you or I had been studying missiology, mm. um. Uh, and looking for great examples of mission mm. um, in the early 90s, Rwanda mm. would be the place we're talking about. Mm. Like mm. the large-scale adoption of Christianity yeah. was a model for, mm. Mm. like, the rest of the world. Yeah. And then 94 happened and people start, stopped talking about Rwanda mm. in those terms mm. because it was so obvious that mm. w- what had actually occurred was mm. a christian genocide yeah wow we had brothers and sisters killing each other mm. Jeez. and the the legacy of colonialism mm. and um like the, there are so many parts to mm. to that puzzle yes um but people are like um well what do you do at that stage it's like how to say oh this is a result mm. of mm. colonization mm. And this is a result of a Christianity that could play chaplaincy to mm. colonization. And this is a result of teaching Jesus as Lord as some spiritual tr- truth. Mm. 
that's got no implication mm. when it comes to taking up machetes mm. against your neighbours. Yes, yes, yes. And so to be clear, I, I think there, there is a, a vital role to play mm. um, of intervening in international situations, mm. um, but that vital role shouldn't be in the form of dropping bombs. Yes. And using the story of the Good Samaritan, which happened in the UK Parliament, um, as a justification for bombing, mm. um, or uh, going, well, uh, all these situations are Rwandas, so let's invade. Mm. Um, the the lack of critical thinking, yeah. um, if somebody can't find a country on a map, mm. I don't want to hear their mm. perspective yes. on what we, quote-unquote, should do there. Mm. Mm, mm. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. You, you don't know where this place is. Yes. And um, what do you mean we? Mm. Which which we? Because our baptism's name is differently than that. Yes. And a sword is no longer an option yes. for me. Yes, Like, um, I've been saved by grace, so I don't have that as an option yes. anymore. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're the kind of questions that mm. um, people don't often want to back up and answer. Yes. Um, I think it's much more interesting, um, as Chinaweth has done, mm. who herself was um, in military intelligence and uh, w- was challenged um, at a conference that somebody paid for her to go to, I think, mm. um, about uh, nonviolent tactics. Mm. And um, so she spent a year and uh, turned into a book and um, it changed her whole trajectory mm. where she realised that um, nonviolence was actually the most effective tool mm. for um, establishing democracies in countries. Yeah, wow. Um, in terms of the durability mm-hmm. of a democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also um, uh, its longevity mm. um, and uh, success in revolution. Yes. It meant that more people could actually be involved. Yes. And the statistics show mm. that um, it is unquestionably mm. the most successful yeah, way well. to actually transform. Well. Um, so this is a military strategist mm. who is looking at the most effective ways to change. Mm. And I know so many Christians who don't want to frame how do we work for change? Mm. Like, how do we justify going in mm. with um, some, you know, saviour complex, which mm. isn't the way that Jesus saved, mm. and mm. dropping bombs for some common good? Yeah. Wow. And just the complete naivety yes. of people where um, uh, we could somehow say yes to what Jesus said no to mm. in terms of transforming the world. Mm. And mm. then be surprised that it's mm. not effective. Yes. Like, where did ISIS come from? Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, we can't drive out Satan with Satan. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> we are living through an unprecedented ecological crisis. Yes. Where, yes. as Slavoj Žižek mm. um, famously jokes, we find it easier to imagine the end of the world than we do uh, oh, a different way to live. Goodness. Um, Isn't that crazy to think about? How do we actually train in restorative justice, Yes. in uh, conflict transformation, um, uh, in uh, what reconciliation really means, Yes. Um, in what it is to be a peacemaker? Mm. How do our small groups, um, our uh, devotions, um, uh, our church services mm. um, actually become schools for 
new ways of imagining yes. our world and what we do with conflict. Because yes. um, conflict isn't a bad thing. Like conflict, mm. um, Jesus causes conflict all the time. Mm. My, my friend Kieran O'Reilly, Kieran talks about some Christians, um, because of their faith, are into conflict resolution. Uh, because of my faith in Jesus, I'm into conflict escalation. <laughs> and he's got a point. Like, mm. Jesus has not come to bring peace, the Pax Romana. Yes. He's come to bring the sword of nonviolence. Mm. Yes. And the sword that he he wields, mm. um, it will turn family structures mm. against each other mm. because people will suddenly be committed to a new world mm. while others are invested in an old. Yes. And it's... As that happens, how do we actually be peacemakers? How do we actually do this work? And it's hard. Mm. It's 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 really hard. Um, yeah, this isn't glamorous. I mean, the way the way of the cross. Yeah, is... it, but it's also fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, what what it is to to walk in resurrection mm. is to take up a cross. But mm. to take up a cross is to walk in resurrection. Yes. Yes. And the, it's that sense of like with Rev Garlet of. Uh, you know, so acquainted with mm. sorrow mm. and yet so washed his life in joy. Yes. Both yeah. at the same time. Uh, I've got to make Ken Buttigan and Ken talks about mainstreaming the literacy of nonviolence in, in the same way that um, schools were a response in the 18th, 19th centuries to mass illiteracy. We have a mass illiteracy of how to respond in ways that aren't merely passivity mm. or becoming what we hate. Mm. What is it to actually become literate in doing conflict where it's life-giving, wow. where it's not a power struggle mm. of how do I win over another? Mm. Even on you know, so many of these important discussions, it's mm. a great scene in um, Wendell Berry's Jaber Crow where he's in the barber and uh, they're discussing war and he says, well, I think we should love our enemies. And, and uh, the, the reflection of the character was, it would be a great day for, for peace if I'd only love them in the process. Wow. And we have so many who it's so natural to just want to win an argument instead of love someone. Wow. But yes. King, King talked about a double victory nonviolence. Mm. Well, not only will we win our freedom, but we'll win you over in the yes. process. Yes. And um, you, you know that that's some that's some high grade nonviolence there, yes. Nathan. Like, oh, yeah. um, that's not merely um, this is a good strategy or, or a tactic, and mm. uh, I'm not going to um, hit cops because it's it's bad for the movement. That's actually the kind of nonviolence which starts with being kind to ourselves. Yes. Yes. Um, with experiencing if you want to put it in those terms, the nonviolence of God towards yes. us yes. in yes. Jesus and um, uh, then starting to live that to others. What, what is it to live in such a way that mm. the people who are most precious to us is how we relate? What is it to bless somebody who, who's really just not doing well at the moment mm. and has hurt a bunch of people? So mm. what is it to imagine blessing them, how, how to mm. support them, N mm. not to play games, not to engage mm. and cover up, mm. but actually to um, to seek their good and yes. um, uh, to see them flourish. Yes, um, yes. And, and, you know, they're, they're very different questions. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think 
as you mentioned before, that King quote, that double victory. Because that's the other side to, to living in this way. And not only is there a joy in it, as you talk about this, this larrikin, this, this, yeah. this type of way, but there's also... And this is how I describe what, we, what, I, what I think the text means by the abundant life. I might be wrong on this. But the sense in which when we actually live in this way, we are actually becoming who we were always created to be. Yeah. And there's, there's an existential reality yeah. in which we are aligned to our deepest and most truest humanity. And so there's a sense of freedom in that. Yeah. And um, the, uh, I think creativity is a much better word than mm, nonviolence. Yes. Yes. It, what, what is it to share in the mm. creativity mm. that we're created for? Yes. Um, there, there should be a joyfulness and even a cheekiness mm. to nonviolence, um, mm. uh, and and not to make light of, you know, some of the police brutality that oh, sure. um, uh, I've been on the receiving end of, even. Um, uh, I've seen so many times mm. over, well, over, a, you know, 15, mm. um, nearly 20 years, not quite, of mm. nonviolent direct action. I've seen cops cry while arresting us so moved Wow! at the actions that are happening. I saw it at Pine Gap, mm. saw it repeatedly through mm. the Love Makes Away movement, mm. and... Um, not just tactically, but spiritually. Hmm. I I want to engage that kind of power that actually is a living altar call. Yes. yes. Where people, you know, we did one action in Julie Bishop's office and um, uh, the head of staff came out and said, um, we've had to call the police and then started crying and says, but I wish you all the best for the freedom you're seeking for children. Wow. Wow. Um, that's, I think that's the power of the gospel. Absolutely. What would church look like if we actually committed to this way of living? Um, it would mean first doing the unsexy stuff of like Matthew 18, mm. like stamping out um, cultures of of gossip and what it is to speak plainly instead, mm. um, to to take things directly to people, mm. uh, to be equipped to when we don't know what to do, bring in a wise, prayerful person to help us navigate things, mm. to learn to disagree well and. Mm. In ways that sanctify us, yeah. Um, in, instead of starting splits and clicks and all mm. the rest, mm. um, uh, to learn that, that that kindness is actually a mm. a discipline, and more than mm. that, it's actually a weapon. Mm. Um, but that when Ephesians talks about that our battle is not against flesh and blood, mm. that that's quite literal. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, there's actually quite a hard edge when we realise that 
our battle isn't against even Donald Trump, mm. but is against like white supremacists, yeah. like nihilistic, mm. capitalist, mm. suicidal economic systems yes. that are costing us the earth at the expense of the poor. Yes. Um, and feeding authoritarian fascism, which is on the rise in certain parts mm-hmm. of the world, whether mm-hmm. it's Erdogan or Bolsonaro or what's happening in mm-hmm. Poland or, you know, the Philippines or... Mm-hmm. And with with people realising that we're living beyond right limits and that this has been a fantasy, mm-hmm. and even though it's felt like we're flying, we're actually in free fall... Mm. people are wanting the kind of strong leadership to just tell it like it is and fundamentalism can be a wonderful training ground for the kind of leaders who say this is how i see it this is what we need to do and it will give us a sense of safety and then we'll project that onto a national level as well if our churches don't become the kind of places where we can actually discern together Mm. um, and be formed in the gentle listening to the still small voice collaboratively um, we will be preyed on by loud booming megaphones Mm. as people yell black and white in Mm. a world that is full of colours but often all we're offered is grey as a response Mm. so we need more than just kind of um, grey kind of liberal response to mm-hmm. fundamentalism we need the full colors of mm. embodied faith which risks mm. you know quite literally imprisonment yeah. sometimes and um uh w- won't sell out mm. um it's not about ideals yes or perfection mm. or i mean uh, ideals kill jesus teaches very concrete practices which are colourful and creative and cheeky and life-giving, not ideals. Um, So if we can give up our ideals and actually get on with following Jesus, I think Mm. we'd be in a much better place. And what's one practice you can share with us as we close this evening? I think the importance of, if you you want to refer to it, is contemplative prayer. if we don't experience nonviolence, if we want to use that language, um, but this transfiguring power that is the fire of God's love, if that is not real for us, mm. um, we will fake it. And what what ideology and ideals often does is that it creates some wooden rule that we implement from outside and try and force upon our souls instead of what it is to to spend time with Jesus and feel and bask in his kindness and gentleness mm. that it becomes our way of being yes not all the time but more and more of the time mm. so BZ calls it sitting with Jesus which I really like mm. but yes. my friend father John Deere um, he, he's got this fantastic story that um, I tell. We were both speaking together at a university and it was a secular setting and somebody asked him about, or asked us both about sustainability in activism. And thankfully, before I said anything stupid, he responded, well, 
Every morning, I sit opposite an empty chair, and for 15 minutes, I just try and imagine Jesus sitting there looking at me. Yes. And then I try and live the rest of my life, or the rest of my day, looking at others the same way that Jesus looks at me. Wow. Loving others the same way that Jesus loves me. Yes. Only 15 minutes. It's practices like that. Mm. It, it will deepen our reading of Scripture. Mm. It'll mean that we don't listen to sermons or podcasts as consumers, but actually as as people who are actually seeking to take part in a banquet, not just binge. Mm. Um, we need less spiritual tourists mm. and more religious pilgrims, yes. if you want to put it like that, yes. um, uh, people who don't pass through places and just take selfies in front of mm. me and my Merton book, but actually mm. desire to undergo the same experience Merton had in print. Yes. What is it for us to look, you know, like he did at mm. the supermarket in front of all the boxes and just be overwhelmed with how good life is? Um, we, we are so susceptible. Mm. Nathan, it's not that we don't know enough. Mm. It's that we haven't integrated enough wow. to actually embody it. Wow. I think we've got more access. Mm. Like, you, you've met, read more theology than Gregory of Nyssa. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, so, it's weird to think about, like, yeah. this age of... Since Simeon, the new theologian, didn't have access to the libraries that we have access to. Yes, exactly. Um, But he knew how to pray. Yes, wow. And there is a danger of activism without prayer, and there's a danger of prayer without activism. Mm. Mm. But any real engagement with both, you'll find yourself doing the other. Yeah, wow. Jared? Perhaps if we can close off in prayer, would mm. that be okay if you lead, lead the prayer this, this evening? You know, one of the stories that often doesn't get told about St. Francis, mm. people think that him kissing the leper um, and realising that it was Christ is the first kind of conversion story. But there's, he, he comes back from a year of being detained in a, in a prison um, after going off thinking he's going to be a war hero and in what must have been post-traumatic stress disorder he stumbles out of a pub drunk one night and he looks up at the stars Mm. and says if these are the creatures how great must the creator be wow and and as i pray after a very long winding add infused conversation um it's my prayer that we might allow the moments of our life to breathe enough that we realize how great the creatures are. Whether those creatures be stars or the person who's next to us on the bus or the people who we're preparing food for that we will feed or the people who we work with 
or the birds that sing mm. outside our window in the morning, or the dog that speaks of God's faithfulness like Archie. Lord, would you quieten us to worship? that we might actually hear what you sing. Fill us with your resurrection that we might take up our crosses. And rather than judge your church, Lord, may we love it in such ways that you are seen and our world is reimagined. We pray this in the name of the Triune God, who is Creator and Redeemer and Kingdom Bringer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jared. Thanks, Nath. It's been good. Well, that was my conversation with Jared McKenna. Make sure you follow Jared on Facebook by finding him under his name or on Twitter and Instagram at Jared McKenna, or one word. Also, listen to his own podcast, Inverse Podcast, where him and his mate Drew Hart explores the ways the Bible can turn the world upside down. In the meantime, let us be filled with grace as we learn the ways of non-violent love, as we seek to love our neighbour. That's it for this episode of Deeper and Wider. If you like what you heard, then please rate this episode on your podcast provider and share with your friends. To follow my work, then find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash nathan.forster or find me on either Twitter or Instagram at Nathan underscore Forster. Deeper and Wider is part of the Expansive Faith Network. To see more content like this podcast or to support our work, head over to expansivefaith.com. Until then, keep on seeking and go deeper and wider.